lot happening uh, in the uh, world of schools and uh, getting an update on all of that here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Again, now 8-11. I'm Greg Bishop. Thanks for hanging out. And we're now connected with Jennifer Gill. She's the superintendent of Springfield School District 186. Uh, superintendent, thanks for taking time with us this morning. Uh, I guess let's get the, the latest, your reaction, what the CDC guidance issued Friday means, what it means that uh, IDPH released the guidance as well, reflecting uh, what the CDC had and uh, the Illinois State Board of Education uh, ultimately laying it all out there. Uh, what's it mean for students returning back even as soon as what? Later on this month for that balanced schedule. Thanks for taking time this morning. How are you? Uh, yes, you know, we, we received the information late Friday um, and that, well, CDC came out about midday with their um, articles and, and news feeds and then uh, shortly followed after that ISBE uh, stating that they were going to adopt um, what the CDC had recommended in full um, after they spoke with IDPH. So we do seem to have some guidance to uh, dig through this week and, and get ready for school, but we do welcome back our, our balanced calendar schools uh, within the week and we, uh, not within this week, but next week. Um, and then we will open up registration for all students beginning on uh, the 19th of July. And we'll have uh, registration in person then in August. So we're excited to uh, have our students returning. That's what the guidance stated is that we will return uh, to in-person learning this year. Which is uh, something that we haven't seen since uh, the beginning of uh, COVID-19. I think it was sometime in uh, early April whenever that uh, ultimately uh, led to schools having remote only. And we saw this happen across the state. A lot of schools, even though for the fall semester, some in-person education was allowed. Uh, a lot of school districts across the state uh, had uh, only remote learning. Uh, there were some options here locally, including in Springfield schools, where it was uh, uh, you know part-time in, part-time out, remote learning and so on um, but with these new uh, guidelines are these are these mandates now or is it more up to local districts to determine which layer of mitigation uh, they're able to implement uh, the way that I read it was is that the state board who governs our, our educate public education um, is asking all students to return to school not asking but kind of you know, it, it's just going back to school as normal, the way it is supposed to be. Uh, so that is the way we are operating in District 186. Uh, there will be some caveats, for instance, if a child does uh, become exposed and need to quarantine um, or have to go into isolation because they were in uh, close contact with somebody with COVID-19, um, that there will be some opportunity for uh, small segments of remote learning so kids can keep up if they are out for those you know, 10 days uh, where they it may not be 10 full school days, but 10 calendar days where they have to uh, remain quarantined. So those are the things that we're going to need to, now that we know them, uh, we are going to be able to meet with our, our union, make sure that we are understanding on what's expected of teachers, and then make sure that we clearly communicate with parents within the next uh, few weeks about what the, the regular balanced calendar schools might be a little different. We're need going to need to get some guidance out to them but uh, unfortunately they start with this guidance coming out two weeks later 
Yeah, that uh, uh, seems to be crunch time, uh, especially for those with uh, balanced schedules. Uh, And uh, for those not familiar with the balanced schedule, I guess just lay out what exactly that is. Uh, Is it a year-round school type of thing? And uh, how just important it is to have these things in place with with some leeway, right? Because you said starting up here, what, July 22nd is when uh, the balanced schedule starts? Yeah, the one thing that we do know is both of our balanced calendar schools, um, Southern View and Graham, are elementary schools. And the guidance was quite clear that if a student has not had the vaccination uh, by choice or has not able to because they're too young, which would be all of our elementary students, that masks will still be required. Uh, we will do our best to socially distance uh, students in, on, you know, throughout the day in different settings. Uh, the guidance was also quite clear is that they realize that this may not be possible in all settings throughout the day, uh, but to do our very best and to make sure that we're uh, keeping seating charts and things of that nature so that students can know who they were next to uh, throughout the school day. Um, but it will be look a lot more normal next year and for balanced calendar going, going back in. But we do have a lot of work with the guidance coming out uh, late on a Friday and this still being seven ten on a Monday or 8, 10 on a Monday, we, we really need to uh, make sure that we dig in and, and get that communication out to families. So the, the mask issue, I think, is where you're probably going to see um, some, some controversy, some, some discussion, some debate about uh, is this is this a hard and fast mandate or is this a recommendation? Uh, and, and how do we judge the, the language that the CDC uses or that uh, ISBE or IDPH is using? You know, um, over the weekend, of course, many of the superintendents were talking and, and making sure that we understood what guidance was out in front of us. It is a little still a little vague on uh, those who can get vaccinated and choose not to. Um, you know, there it, it's clear to me in the guidance that they're asked to wear a mask. Now, whether that's a mandate or a um, sort of your up to your own personal discretion, um, if you're the one that's not vaccinated, you might be the most susceptible to the virus. So we would think a mask might be a good a good idea for you. Um, but we are going to uh, dig into that guidance today, see if we get any more clarification from state board. They were, of course, scrambling on Friday afternoon as well uh, to react and get at least an initial statement out to us that they were going to adopt uh, the CDC recommendations in full. So once again, this is all uncharted territory as it has been for the last uh, you know, year and a half. So we we really just want to make sure that we dig into the guidance today, um, seek seek legal counsel, seek information from state board, and then make sure we get that important communication out to parents. Springfield Superintendent Jennifer Gill joining us here on the WMAY morning news feed at 818 and uh, at least here at the Riverton studio, it is pouring. Uh, so uh, <laughs> likely you are uh, driving through some rain uh, on your way to work this morning. Uh, Superintendent, uh, last time we had talked, uh, it was about the lack of really clear guidance. Uh, and and mm-hmm. I think you, you, you shared with us kind of this idea of... Um, you know, we're, we're, we're seeming to focus more on these public health mitigations rather than on, on education. Let's touch on that education side of things. Uh, how much work is there now for teachers, for parents, and for students uh, who may have seen substantial learning loss or even just a little bit of learning loss over the past year and a half? Uh, talk about the focus moving forward now uh, as we get back to, you know, full in-person education and, and how we combat some of that learning loss. You know, I, we, we have really been looking at this from an opportunity loss um, 
they've had opportunities that they've missed to uh, be together with learning with other students, to uh, talk with their peers on a regular, everyday basis, to um, enjoy the things that school brings that are the extras and the extracurriculars. But we are very concerned about understanding where students are in their learning and making sure that we design our learning practices to meet their needs. I you know, have 100% confidence in my teachers to do that every year. Uh, all students come in at a different place, and they're able to assess and make sure they understand where that student is and design a learning path so that they can be the most successful that they can be. Uh, but we will have um, probably what we call a kind of a recovery phase here at the beginning of the year where students are um, making sure that they're caught up with their learning from last year before we dive into to new material uh, that we normally would at their at their current grade level or in their courses. So it will be a challenge for all. Um, but I also know that many students did quite well during remote learning and made a lot of gains. Uh, during that time, I can't thank the parents enough who restructured their lives to help out with that learning um, and the teachers who really had to uh, shift and, and do things differently. Um, I think that, you know, it was a success to some degree. It's the students who didn't partake and didn't come to the table uh, that we're going to have to be there and support and, and really surround for their next steps. Springfield School Superintendent Jennifer Gill here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Uh, and then lastly here, uh, last week, uh, our newsroom was reporting uh, some uh, about vaccine requirements, or not necessarily requirements, but uh, asking parents to, to divulge whether or not their, their child uh, over the age of 12 has received a COVID-19 vaccine. Can you unpack that a bit for us? What's, uh, what's behind this and, and what are parents expected? Right. So it, some of it is just lack of knowledge on our part about who's vaccinated and who's not. When these types of guidelines come out from CDC and they're along those lines of if you're vaccinated, you do this. If you're not, you don't. But in an organization like mine where you're dealing with young children and, and, and also adults across the system, as well as middle and high school students, everybody's on a different path with that. We know none of the um, elementary students have been vaccinated, so we can kind of go with one set of protocols for that. But in middle and high school, when that line is down the middle of who's been vaccinated and who hasn't, and we don't know that information, then that puts us behind the eight ball a bit. So, for instance, if there is a positive case in a school, the students who have been vaccinated do not have to do the quarantine. So we need to know uh, which students are and which students aren't as we communicate with their families. Um, and it, it's just going to be a lot if every time we have to call and, and ask again. Um, and then also there is a way to verify that vaccine through uh, some sort of a state portal, I think, called iCares. However, only medical professionals have, have access to that right now. So we're just trying to figure out, um, you know, how we can really understand who's vaccinated and who's not. And then hopefully have, you know, an honor system where people wear masks if they're not, according to the CDC. And how do you, and we've already heard some parent groups uh, raise these concerns about uh, possible discrimination, right? I mean, we don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, because somebody may have uh, an old shirt, uh, you know, from, from 20 years ago, their parents handed down to them. We don't want to discriminate against them for any socioeconomic position they may be in. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, we don't want to have bullying or anything along those lines uh, for any other instance of, uh, you know, if it's somebody's skin color or somebody's orientation or whatever it may be, right. uh, how do we how do we balance you know this this idea of you know i hate to use the word but segregating uh vaccinated kids yeah. from unvaccinated kids just by the the, yeah, the mask it's itself a, it's a it's a huge 
issue that I think we're all going to face in education across the country with rules like this coming out, because it's it's not really a case of the haves and the have-nots, but it's a it's a choice. You know, people can make that choice whether to get vaccinated or not. There, it is not a mandated vaccine. Uh, so, with that being said, you know, there really can't be any you know, discipline towards that end. This is just something about talking with people about making making that choice for us and for themselves so that they don't spread this virus or, or get sick themselves. We don't want to see anybody come down with this virus and have, have a negative reaction to it. So we're just very um, also a little bit concerned, I think, on the educator side. I don't think there's any, any question to that. Um, you know, how do you in a hallway of students tell who's vaccinated and who's not and who's wearing their mask and who's not. That's very hard to police and very hard to ask of our teachers um, and our and our administrators to, you know, check on that each and every day. So we will have to dig into this guidance and hopefully get just a little bit more clarification about some of these things um, and the expectations around them. But it would not be our um, our want or even something we have time for to police masking every single day. It's either we're all in or or we all have to kind of be on the honor system and trust one another. Well, and you got to think also if you're going around uh, double-checking uh, spreadsheets with who may have been vaccinated or not and whether or not yeah. they should have a mask on, then you're taken away from whether or not, yeah, they, can, not uh, whether or not they can yeah. put you know two and two together, right? Well, <laughs> or, uh, and the fact of the matter is you can go you can go to Walmart with no mask on. So, you know, I mean, it, it, or I, I guess I haven't been to Walmart lately, but everywhere you go, you don't have to wear a mask, so kids are getting exposed yeah. to different places. So it is a very hard thing for us to, to deal with, but we understand why the why it's out there, um, why they, they're saying the rules, but it makes it very hard for a school to manage all that. Springfield School Superintendent Jennifer Gill, uh, greatly appreciate it. I think we'll mm-hmm. likely talk about this and other issues again uh, in the near future. So thanks for taking the time yeah. with us here. On I the think WNA this will be developing over, over time here yeah. for sure. Have Absolutely. a great day.